This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 93. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. Today, I have one of, if not the largest financial literacy educators in Canada on the show, and we're going to go over some practical tips to deal with this pretty horrific inflation that we've all been experiencing here in Canada. Now, these tips and education covered in the episode are, of course, applicable right now as we go through this high inflation period. But even if you end up listening to this episode years after it's been launched, we made sure that they are still relevant and applicable long term as well. So you might have seen our first guest on Dragon's Den, where literally all the dragons were bidding to partner with him. His name is Kevin Cochran, and he is the founder of Enriched Academy, which is a company that teaches financial literacy and thus financial coaching for everyday Canadians like you and I, but they are also now in many schools across Canada teaching financial literacy as well to kids. And also from Enriched Academy, we have Arian back on the show, one of our really popular past guests. You might have seen him featured on the Financial Post and the Globe and Mail, and I'm really excited to get things going here as both Kevin and Arian and myself are actually born in different generations. So I thought it would be fun and insightful to have the three of us on as that way you get a unique perspective no matter which age group you fall into, no matter which kind of generation you're coming from. Now, before we get into the show, I want to invite you to join me for free at the Canadian Financial Summit this year. It's a fully online educational event and you can stream all the talks for free. It starts this October the 12th, 2022, so only nine days away from the launch of this episode, and you can get free tickets to stream the talks for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash summit. We have over 35 speakers this year. There's already over 20,000 Canadians registered for the event, and we're covering investing, real estate, financial planning, early retirement, and a lot more. We've got some really high-profile guests again this year, including Brendan Beavis and Benjamin Felix, who each run one of, if not the largest, YouTube channels in Canada on investing. We have Rob Carrick, who's back from the Globe and Mail. Many of the top writers from Money Sense are also presenting. Some of the largest Canadian personal finance bloggers and writers are here as well like Rob Angen from Boomer and Echo, Mark Seed from My Own Advisor, Ed Rempel, and Jason Heath, who I'm sure you've seen both of those guys in the news a lot and in the newspapers, and many, many more. So again, that link for your free tickets is buildwealthcanada.ca slash summit. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T. All right, so I hope to see you there. And now let's get into the interview. All right, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it, Cornell. Great to see you, Cornell. Excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. Nice to have you back, Arian. And then we're interviewing Kevin for the first time today. So that's going to be exciting. Guys, before we get into it, can you start things off by telling us a bit about your backgrounds and the work that you do? Go ahead, Arian. Yeah. So, you know, my name is Arian. I'm been with Enriched Academy for eight years, been incredible eight years. And I actually met Kevin when I was 18 years old. You know, I was graduating high school, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I knew the world of business and money interested me. So I reached out to Kevin, said, hey, love to work for you. And he kind of just put me under his wing. And, you know, we worked together. It was just such a cool experience. And uh, thanks to Kevin, you know, I'm 26 now. And, you know, I've been able to purchase three investment properties. I built up my stock market portfolio to six figures. And a lot of that was from really Kevin and the teachings of Enriched Academy. So 
It's been a great journey. I'm one of the speakers here at Enrich, so I travel. I do a lot of speaking engagements. I work with a lot of corporations to implement our employee financial wellness program. So that's a little bit about me. I can speak to the younger generation, and then I like to call Kevin my grandfather. He could speak to the the older generation a little. You're a very young-looking grandfather, there, Kevin. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks, <I> <laughs> that's kind of community or environment that we try to create at Rich Academy is super light and we're always busting each other's chops, which we think is makes for a healthy work environment. But thanks again for the opportunity to be on the show, Cornell. You know, we're big fans and everything that you've done, you're really, you know, it's kind of setting the stage of delivering this message right across the country. So congrats on everything you've done. I'm one of the co-founders of Rich Academy. I'm 45 years old. I actually just live in a town just northeast of Toronto. I just live a little north of Toronto called in a town called Uxbridge, Ontario. But I grew up in Toronto and right out of high school, you know, got myself in a lot of credit card debt. And you start realizing when you're in your early 20s, man, we're not really taught about money, whether you go to school or not, post-secondary school or not. And then worked some odd end jobs, but then started a couple of companies very well with those two companies that I helped build. And then in my mid-30s, realized that there's a pretty big opportunity when it came to educating people about financial literacy. Originally, we were just targeting teens and young adults, but obviously Enrich Academy is kind of grown to a lot more since then. And we're very, very happy with the work that we're doing where we can absolutely see a shift in the mentality of Canadians adapting this type of information and realizing that it's really critical and it's not a sign of weakness if you need to learn financial literacy. It's just like money's constantly moving. Cornell, as you and I know, when we were in school, right, people weren't really talking about cryptocurrency or robo-advisors. And you know, think about all the stuff right now that nobody's talking about that in 10 years from now, it's going to be mainstream part of the conversation. So it's the one thing when it comes to money, you got to constantly evolve and learn and go with it because it's never kind of set it and forget it. You got to keep up to date with all the stuff going on, right? So yeah, we're very, very happy. And we really think in risk having making a big impact on the market. So we're, we're excited about where we're going with it. Yeah, it's really exciting. I remember for many years, I wondered why is nobody teaching this in schools? Why is nobody teaching financial literacy in schools? And so it was really nice to see you guys step up years ago and say, okay, we're going to do it. For some reason, the government wasn't doing it at the time. And so now you're actually implemented in, I believe it was is the Alberta School Board, right? Yeah, we have Alberta PI, Toronto District School Board, Toronto Catholic, York, York Catholic, Simple, Simple Catholic. So a lot of these school boards and governments are adapting it. It's kind of been an evolution to get to that point because, you know, six years ago when you approached them, it really wasn't even part of the conversation so that you kind of had to get them to think about it. And then the next stumbling block was convincing them that they couldn't write the curriculum themselves. Because they're like, well, maybe we could just write it themselves. And so we had to kind of educate them saying, listen, by the time you write a lot of your content, it's going to be dated. Like think about, you know, if you were talking about interest rates, the same stuff last year than this year and inflation. And again, as we go on and on in housing markets and corrections and so forth. So we started to realize we had to, you know, kind of guide them saying, listen, allow us to write the curriculum. We were going to do a better job at it. Saying that, we do take advice and feedback from teachers and they help us build the program. It's not, you know, we're a very open-minded company. We realize that feedback from the teachers as well, saying, hey, listen, my students really want to know more about this and can we adapt this to read, like we have certain mandates we have to teach the students. So we're always open to teacher feedback and we've some of our best ideas have come from teachers as well. But so you kind of have to go through that stumbling block and now they realize they need it. And a lot of the ways are like, hey, listen, through a partnership, through Rich, we can build something that's really great. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And I didn't want to kind of pigeonhole you guys and just talk about the kids educating the, the children piece because you do a lot of work as well 
educating adults and you have a coaching program that you help a lot. I know we have a lot of listeners of the show that have taken part in your coaching program and we're really happy with it, where you help people optimize their finances and find certain errors. And I've gone through it myself and I was really amazed by the quality of it, especially because at first I was very reluctant because I thought, well, I've been optimizing my finances for so many years now. I'm, you know, I'm a giant personal finance nerd and I have the podcast and the summit. So is there really more I could optimize? But I thought, okay, let's not have this whole hubris thing. And let's actually, you know, you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And I remember I was working with one of your coaches and yeah, she was able to really pinpoint a few areas of optimization for me that could have, you know, really made a big difference. So yeah, it was a very, very impressive thing that you guys did in terms of the quality of the coaches. And I loved how you guys didn't try to sell any investments on the side, because as we all three of us know, and a lot of the listeners know, there's so much conflict of interest and you think you're getting good, genuine advice and the person's there to help you. You know, they're called a financial advisor, right? So they must be there to help me. And then all of a sudden, the conversation very quickly changes to, oh, well, how much investment product can I sell this person every year during RSP season kind of thing? It's horrible, right? And then you get like a 10-minute financial plan, which isn't even really a financial plan. And so I remember when I went through your coaching program, I tried to see if I could get my coach to recommend financial products just to see if there was any conflict of interest. And she wouldn't because you guys don't do that. You're genuinely there to actually help and optimize our finances, that kind of thing, and not sell financial products. So after I saw that and like really trying to push for specific investment recommendations, I was like, okay, these guys are very legit. This is great. And, and obviously, you also educate like police officers and school boards and all that. So I mean, obviously... I would say it's as legitimate as it gets in my book, but I just thought I'd mention that it was a very, I read my own little test, you know, before referring well, listeners to you guys and that you passed with flying colors. I'll add a couple of things on that very quickly, Cornell. It's, sure. Number one is that no, and that's why you've done well is that you keep an open mind. They say your mind's like a parachute only works when it's open. And, you know, the interesting thing about money is that one small correction that even adjusts yourself by 2% better returns compound that over decades. And we all know what that is. And the cool thing about that is a simple 35 in a conversation can make the difference when it comes to that, right? Saying, hey, listen, we're noticing this thing here that if you, you know, change this and pull equity here, or whatever, there's a million different scenarios and you compound that over decades and you can see the return. So that's one thing. And dude, yeah, we don't sell financial products. I will tell you, Cornell, like as any business owner, it's tough to turn down six figure, you know, sponsorship checks, you know, in our case anyways, where financial advisors are saying, hey, listen, you know what? We love your program. You're delivering a great message. And some people sell exactly what we talk about with regards to just, you know, what proper MER and certain products. But again, we do not refer anybody at all. As I said, it would, we believe taint it. So sure. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get into our topic on about inflation. So to kick things off, what is the dynamic between inflation and interest rates? Yeah, so it's really interesting right now, right now, Cornell. Like you're seeing inflation on the rise. You're feeling it. You know, you're going to the gas pump, the grocery store. Everything is so expensive. Like the other day, I needed a pack of gum. So I just went to the grocery store and I had like some change. I took a toonie for a pack of gum. Like this is definitely more than enough. Gum was $3. Like I actually, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, Inflation is on the rise. A really good analogy I heard yesterday, Cornell, was, you know, interest rates and inflation, like this dynamic, is kind of like a thermostat in your home where you're controlling the temperature. Inflation is like the weather outside. We can't really control the weather if it's going to be cold. Right now, it's September, so it's getting a little colder. So we have no direct control over the weather, but what we can control is the temperature in our home, right? And 
the best way to think of it is like inflation is like the weather outside and then interest rates are like the thermostat. So the Bank of Canada, the government, they can't directly control inflation. But what they can do, they can control interest rates. And that interest rate decrease or increase has an impact on inflation. So right now what the government wants is an inflation number of 2%. That's healthy. We're at like 8%. So we're a huge discrepancy right now. What do they have to do? They have to increase interest rates. It's one of the only things the Bank of Canada can do. So how does an increase in interest rates actually lower inflation? The big reason is when you're increasing interest rates, borrowing money becomes more and more expensive. Your mortgage becomes more expensive. If you want to buy a brand new car, that car is going to be more expensive because you're paying more on that loan. So by increasing these rates, people are stopping spending. You're seeing it now. You're seeing used car sales going down. You're seeing real estate really softening. And the reason why people are scared, they're like, I don't want to buy a home and pay a high mortgage. So I'm not going to buy. I'm going to pause. A year ago, it was a completely different story. Interest rates were so low. People are like, how do I spend more money? Spend, 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 spend. So not as many people are buying which is bringing down demand. And the government is hoping that it's going to bring down inflation. So we'll see. Nobody has a crystal ball, but that's kind of the dynamic between the two, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For sure. Did you have anything to add to that one, Kevin? Or do you think that covers it pretty well? That covers it pretty well. Like, you know, I think if anybody didn't see this coming a year and a half ago, you know, with the amount of printing of money that was being done, you know, for two years on like more money, I think was printed in the last two years. And then the history of all of Canada, you know, we had to see something like this happening. Right. And it's unfortunate, right. When you see people buying a 2018 Ford F-150 for $60,000 in your 2018 and selling for $75,000 in your 2021, that's not an investment. That historically would never happen. That tells you that something is catastrophically not right. And as I said, this is something that I think was pretty... I think the one thing that I've learned through this whole thing, it just didn't happen as fast as I thought it was going to happen. I really thought that 2021, we would have kind of seen the effects when half the world's not working and everything's going up in price. I thought by then I would have seen something, but I think this fall will be interesting. I'm not predicting any... It's funny, you watch all these people running their... Everybody's predicting a crash every year and then one year they're right and then they're like oh i predicted it and then delete those old tweets where they predicted wrong right <laughs> yeah so it's like you know it's unheard of. but i think that this fall is going to be really interesting to see i think the dust will settle and i don't think anything catastrophic i think there'll definitely be some good adjustments so because you're starting to see it in the, i have a cottage up north and i always monitor cottage prices and again it's interesting you know people are drop one was listed for 1.5 million on my lake and just dropped down 200,000, which, you know, again, it's just interesting to see that. That's all. It really is. Yeah. I mean, especially when for a while now, we just keep hearing about these bidding wars and houses going for sale in some cases, even by six figures from some crazy stories I've heard, which is just, I know when we were in the housing market years ago, that was unheard of. And now it's like this train's got to stop at some point, right? With you mentioned kind of the forecast that we hear on the news and things like that, and the markets dropping, things of that nature. Is there a certain percentage drop that in the markets that when you see it, you start going, okay, let's see how much cash I have laying around and try to buy in here because we have no way of knowing whether it's the very, very bottom, but it's kind of low enough where, okay, 
equities are on sale. Let's get in. Let's not just have this cash kicking around, especially when inflation is that high. Do you have any sort of rule of thumb that you guys like to use? Baron, you want to start off with that one? Yeah, sure. I think 20%, like 20% historically is like, okay, now we're entering a bear market, right? And the markets this year, it hit, the lowest it was, was negative 23%. And when it hits 20% or more in terms of like a downfall, that signifies we're in like a down market, right? We still are in a down market. It's kind of rebounded a little. I think we're down like 15% for the year, but that's where you start to take a look, right? But Here's a challenge, Cornell. Like I remember in 2020 when the pandemic happened and people were asking like, oh, should I invest now? And I had so many friends like, no, hold, hold. It's going to go down more. It's going to go down more. And then it just shot right up. And those people that were sitting on the sidelines waiting to invest, they missed out on great opportunity to buy stocks at a massive discount. And at Enrich, you know, we're big fans of the fundamentals, like just dollar cost average. During 2020, we were recommending people you know, every week you should be investing or if there's a big drop, like there were two, 3% drops in a day, we were recommending people like those are the days that you should look at investing. So we're big fans of the fundamentals when it comes to the markets, real estate with real estate, if you can buy a property and it's cash flowing, like the equity increase is great, but if you can just have something that's making you money, cash flow, like hold on to that property for 10, 15, 20 years and you're going to do well, right? It's going to very likely go up in 20 years. There's almost, you know, a hundred percent chance in 20 years from now, the real estate prices are going to be higher than they are today. So if you can find something that's cash flowing, then great. So that those are my two cents. Awesome. What about yourself, Kevin? Yeah, I'll echo what Arian said. I agree with that. You know, at the same time is that if you find a decent property at in any market that Arian said cash flows, and I believe you, you got to jump on it is, as I said, it, you know, I bought my cottage during when people were doing the bidding. I've been looking for a long time. I want to be clear about that. So it wasn't like I was just jumping on the bandwagon and uh, I was always looking for something pretty specific. And, you know, what we bought was a great piece of property that you had to kind of see past the, it had been owned by the same owner for 40 years and it kind of smelled like somebody lived there for 40 years, but it had beautiful ceilings and Southwest facing 300 feet of sand beach near a marina, all these things kind of added up. And, you know, even buying it high, it's still gone up like with a couple hundred thousand in renovations, which we put in, it's nearly doubled in value. So even when the prices were going up, if you find a good piece of property, always look, right? Because as we both, as Cornell to echo what you said too, you never know when, to, when you've reached rock bottom. I would look at any market. If you find a good piece of property that's kind of undervalued, that needs a bit of lipstick on it, there's always opportunity out there. And yeah, so that'd be my kind of two cents to say, add anything that Aaron didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, and it's interesting, Aaron, you mentioned the 20% because that's actually the exact number that I used as well. So I know when, it, when the market was done 10%, it was, that's kind of like, all right, if I had a dividend payout, don't just let it sit there in cash, just invest, it'd be good. But then I remember when it hit 20, that's when I was like, okay, now it's not just about reinvesting dividends anymore. It's about, do you have any cash sitting you know, in my PayPal account and things like that? Mm-hmm. And let's plow these into the markets now because you're at 20. So that it's interesting that we both actually have sort of the same number to use. And I remember I was watching a video from Ed Rempel, one of the financial planners mm-hmm. who I think who's very, I would say, skilled at the financial planning piece. And he even did a YouTube video about when it was down 20%. He's like, hey guys, just so you know, stocks are on sale by 20%. So if you've been waiting for the markets to go down a bit before you invest, now is a good time. 
but then don't get greedy either, right? Because 20% is pretty significant at that point. So that's awesome, guys. Thanks so much for your input. One thing I forgot to mention a little bit earlier, because we were talking about the coaching program that you guys offer uh, to Canadians. So I know Arian and the team, they put together a custom page for Build With Canada listeners where you can get a free assessment call. So if that was something that sounded interesting to you, basically the link for that is buildwealthcanada.ca slash academy. So if you want to go there, you can pretty much put in your information and you have a call with a coach and they can do an assessment and you can see if it's right for you. So that's just buildwealthcanada.ca slash academy. Do you guys want to talk about that maybe really briefly just for, because we've had a lot of listeners do that, but for somebody that maybe wasn't sure or wants to know more about it, can you give us a little bit kind of a background what to expect in that if they do want something like that? Yeah, for sure. So that call is totally free call. It's a 45 minute call with a financial freedom consultant. And what they're going to do is just basically have an open conversation with you, understand kind of where you're at, what your goals are, what some of the challenges that you're facing, and see if they can put together a plan to help you. They'll let you know with the coaching program, uh, what it is, how it works, and if it's a good fit for you. So it's a no high pressure call. It's really just learning a little bit more about how the coaching program works, and also sharing with you a few ideas to potentially help you with your finances along the way. And we tell Canadians, like, why not? Like, it's always important to get a second opinion, especially in one of the most important areas of your life, like your finances. Like, we get a second opinion doctors and, like, get a second opinion on your finances. And that's really what this call is about. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. One of the reasons I took part in it is because I'm always on the prowl for optimizations that I could potentially make. <laughs> and because of the complexity of like the tax system in Canada, and just the nature of the beast as well, just financial planning in general, all the unknown variables, things of that nature. I mean, it's such a big field. It's not just about investment, it's other things as well, even though you guys do the investment piece too. So yeah, so that was one of the main kind of things that really got me into it is, this is why I speak to different financial planners as well, right? Because there isn't one person that just knows every single thing and has all the experience possible in the whole world, right? So yeah, so I thought that was a really good thing. So yeah, I just thought I'd mention that just in case someone doesn't listen to the whole episode and maybe they were curious about that. We kind of told them about it, but didn't really tell them <laughs> where to go. So yeah, so it's buildwithcanada.ca slash enriched for anybody that would like to check it out or buildwithcanada.ca slash academy. Both of those will take you to the same spot. And now a quick message from one of our sponsors. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. This Small Business Month, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. With Indeed, you don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it with just Indeed. You can also find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. One thing that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place easy because it does the hard work for you. Sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post. With Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. And according to Talent Nest 2019, Indeed delivers eight times more hires in Canada than all other job sites combined. So start hiring now with a $100 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed dot com slash build wealth. The offer is good for a limited time. Again, you can claim your $100 credit now at indeed.com slash build wealth. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And now back to the show. What is the right mindset for Canadians to help them through these challenging inflationary times without creating stress and financial harm to themselves? 
Yeah, I'll open up with that one. Is because uh, Aaron and I talked about this yesterday. I think one of the best ways you can manage stress is number one, don't watch the news. You know, I look at it and is that what news sells better than anybody else is panic. That's what they sell, right? And they sell fear because that's what draws us to watching more, right? If they reported every plane that landed safely, you know, nobody would watch it. Like that's if they report the one plane that crashes one in a million and then nobody wants to fly again, right? And, you know, if you take a look, Arian brought this up yesterday that CMHC, just when COVID first hit, anticipated that the markets were going to drop by 30%. And look what happened. The exact opposite happened. In the real estate market, like specifically, the real estate market, the real estate market's going to drop 30% which is completely, completely wrong. Like you couldn't be more wrong about that prediction. Right. And the exact opposite happened. And I remember even in Toronto, again, just using it personally. when I was 2015, I was walking downtown. I just got back from Manhattan from a trip and, uh, and there was a couple of condos for sale at Young and Eglinton. My agent called me on a pre-build and there was 800 square feet selling for 495,000 bucks. And all the new, if you watch the news back then in 2015, all the experts we're saying they're overbuilding. There's way too much inventory downtown Toronto. Like there's way too much. And coming back from Manhattan, I was like, no, there's no way we're overbuilding here. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. And so again, you know, more times than not, these experts that they bring on TV and you see this, you see that people just immediately believe that everything they're saying is accurate. And many, many times they're just not right. They're giving their opinion, but their opinion more times than not, my experience tells me isn't accurate because again nobody has a crystal ball that's why rich academy doesn't try to make predictions because we don't know right nobody knows what's going to happen we can't anticipate if a bomb's going to go off somewhere or a new pandemic hits i don't know right and so that's why you know you give your best opinion based on what's going on but saying that is that one of the best things to manage stress during any during any time is just i find just turn the news off i don't watch the news i just don't because there's a great saying by denzel washington if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. And if you watch the news, you're misinformed. And so I'd rather be uninformed than misinformed myself, right? Just take a look. And we're going to talk about that in another question. But as I said, that's one thing I do stop watching the news. Because sometimes you get drawn in. Very rare I will. But you see a headline. Like, oh, what is this? What is this? And then you're like, and, and instantly you're not in a better mood, right? You're right. like, well, why did I just, I just like threw dirt in my eyes. Right. And so, you know, that's just my thoughts to manage stress because I think too many people watch the news. So for sure. Instead of feeling motivated or inspired, it's all fear. What if this? What if that? Basically, anxiety inducing, I would say. Right. Well, I don't know why, Cornell. It's like when somebody's on the news, whether it's an expert in the medical field or finance, we just think when they say something, it's 100% right. But it's not because it's not clearly stated. This is my opinion because everything at the end of the day really is an opinion, right? And it's not, and it's very rarely universally agreed to. But the news decides what opinion they're going to put on, and they're going to put on the fear. Like, imagine why would the news sit there and go, "Oh yeah, you know what? We think the markets are doing great, and we think everything's going to be amazing." And you know, people are like, well, "Okay, well, I'm not really interested in this. I want to hear something, you know, scary, mm-hmm. right?" It's like, and that's just my thoughts on it. As I said, it's not kind of a big shout out to fake news. I'm not talking that, okay, just to be clear. I'm just saying you got to really, and it's sometimes just very difficult because you get caught up. You're like, well, that person's saying everything is 100% right. They have that crystal ball. We just assume that and they don't. Everything you realize, again, whether it's medical or whether it's financial, a lot of these are just opinions, right? These are opinions. So yeah. For sure. 
Awesome. Thanks. What about you, Arian? What are your thoughts on helping us have the right mindset when it comes to what yeah. we're going through right now and all the negativity and the news and all of that? Yeah, I think just staying calm. Like, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but, you know, like I'm a big fan of meditation. This has helped me a lot. It's just being present. And what I found for myself, especially early on, like when I was, you know, not even 20, I would start watching all these YouTube videos on gold and silver and fiat currency. They're printing too much. And I took all my money at the time. It was like $10,000. And I bought all this silver, right? And it's gone down like 60% in value. Like I bought it at the peak. And that kind of taught me an important lesson. And it was just, you know, like Kevin mentioned, nobody knows what's going to happen. And then even if you do want to make a bet on something like Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, don't throw all your money at it. Like, you know, definitely have that asset allocation in place. But, you know, going back to that being calm, like what I've realized is, there's so many different scenarios that could play out. Like inflation can go through the roof. We could go through stagflation and you watch all these YouTube videos and these scenarios and you could really quickly have a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress because you're like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And literally throughout your day, you just have all these thoughts that are just so stressful. And it's not even what's happening now. It's what's potentially going to happen. It's not even happening. So I think being present has helped me a lot just being grounded in what's currently happening being prepared for the future is great but living in the future is where a lot of that stress comes from i i think right just it's that huge gap and i had one thing as well cornell is is that realize that you're not alone right you know my dad was at my house uh, over the weekend and he's like man these markets man he goes i've taken a hit and it's interesting because you can hear it in his voice that he thought He's the only one that's taken a bit of adjustment on his investments, right? And I said, yeah, I said, you know, everybody's kind of gone. He's like, has it affected you? Go, of course it has. Like I said, it affected everybody. There's an adjustment. But we had to realize we were way overdue for an adjustment, right? It doesn't mean, and I said, just realize you don't, you haven't lost the money until you sell these investments, which you shouldn't. And I said, but at the same time, I said, you're not alone. And I think from a mindset standpoint, when people look at their investments and like, oh my gosh, in the last six months, the stock markets, they think that they're the only person in North America out of the 375 million Americans and Canadians out there were the only ones that have taken a bit of a hit in the market, which is just absolutely not true. Like everybody is on the same boat. Everybody enjoyed the ride up for the last couple of years. Now we're all kind of enjoying the adjustment going down a little bit. And guess what? It's going to go back up again too. But just realize you're not alone because again, that's a huge thing when the mindset, I think Misery likes company. And as I said, you got to realize you're not alone. Everybody's taking this adjustment as well. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think to what amplifies that as well, right? Is there, when you look at social media or you talk to someone at a company work event or dinner party, whatever, people generally don't brag about how they picked some stock and it went down 20% and they decided to sell at a loss. No one's going to brag about that, right? They're going to talk about that one that worked out really well, right? They're going to talk about their wins whether it's on social media or at the dinner party. And so I can see that also adding to this false perception that, oh, I'm in this, my, I mean, my portfolio is down 10% or whatever the case may be. And oh, I just talked to this guy and he's doing well. So clearly I must be doing something wrong. So clearly I need to change my whole investing strategy or whatever. Like, I think it's easier to maybe make that leap, even though that is the wrong leap to make, right? Because like you're saying, Kevin, I mean, everyone is experiencing this. And so- Yeah, news and realize you're not alone, right? And for some reason, I find those are two major contributors to stress and might, for sure. Yeah. And I would also add in, like, focus on what you can control. Like, 
there's no point in getting stressed out about what's going to happen with inflation or interest rates. Like we're not controlling that. That's completely out of our control. So there's going to be no use in spending time worrying about that. What can you control? Uh, you can control your budget. You can control like, you know, how smart you are with your spending. You can control uh, what to do with your mortgage when it comes up for renewal. Like those are the things that you should be focusing on, not the things that are completely out of control. Speaking to a friend yesterday and he's like, oh, they're going to raise interest rates again. And he's so stressed out. I'm like, what is the use of being stressed out about something that's completely out of your control? Like, it just doesn't make any sense when you could rather, if you're going to be stressed, you stress on the things that you can control. Yeah, no, what you just said there kind of makes me think of something. I know, Aaron, you get this call a lot. And Cornell, you probably do too. Is I get a lot of stressed out parents calling me and saying, you know what, my kid, and talking about what you can control or what you can't control. A lot of parents come up to me and they're like, I don't know if my kids are ever going to be able to buy their own home. They're going to live with me forever. Like, I'm getting a lot of those calls now more than ever. And they're like, what would you do? And I don't think there's any way out of this. And so they become this kind of victim. And I say, well, if you do what your parents did, like there's an example of my parents. When my dad grew up, he went to university, get to go to university, get a job, get a pension, all that stuff, right? Like that was kind of like the system. Right, the formula, yeah. <laughs> right? And then it's kind of the same thing with us a little bit. My generation, I'm 45, but, but you can see that that system was starting to, you know, falter because it just it wasn't, there's no such thing as that security. But now more than ever, I tell parents, they say, well, you know what, what are your kids doing? Let's say they have a 14-year-old. Oh, well, they have a job and I tell them to save their money. What do you mean save their money? Well, sitting in a savings account. I go, well, there you go. So there's strike one. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, why would you have their money saving and then sitting in a savings account? I go, that doesn't make any sense. And I said, why would you start buying stocks through an interest account? Like You can do that now, right? And I said, like, train your kids, have their money earning a low interest. I go, they're actually losing money. And I said, you can go up and up. And again, I don't have any affiliation with Questrade. I actually do this at TD Canada Trust. But TD Canada Trust, these interest accounts, if you don't have $15,000 minimum, they charge you $100 a year to have these accounts activated. Questrade does it for free. So that's why I'm, I have no relationship with Questrade. Now, I don't use them, but no opinion. So I don't want to seem like we're, but they do it for free. So that's good for your listeners to know. Mm-hmm. And so you can open up an in-trust account, joint informal trust account, where you can actually buy stocks in your kid's name. When they turn 18, that trust account goes into their name. So then, you know, why would you not right away get your kids taking 40 to 50% of their paycheck? Right. And then what you would do is you put it and start buying stocks in their name. Right. Like, why wouldn't you have them earning money? Like all three of my kids have, like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if they're earning money, right. Now they're not making ridiculous amounts of money, but at least they're not. What's the savings account at a bank give you 1% with inflation at 8%. So they're losing what 7% of their money right now. Right. And so what you're doing is you're training them and their money's earning money, which is great. So this is a good start. Right. And then even when it comes to, as I said, this is just going back to the question, my kids will never be able to afford a home. Well, you know, you look at it and go, well, you look at post-secondary right now, right? Like, is that a one size fits all? It absolutely isn't, right? And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't go to post-secondary. That's not my message here. You have to realize there are companies like Apple, Microsoft, you know, Google. They have courses now available online that if you take them for certain jobs that they have, once you take their six-month course for 39 bucks a month, they'll guarantee a job at Google. Like, you know, you think about it and you're avoiding... $50,000 of the student loan debt. And the reason why Google did this is they don't want, we know why they did it because they don't want employees stressed out with $50,000 with a student loan debt, of which 40000 they never really used applied to their job at Google. So they're saying there, go, we'll just train them exactly what we want, guarantee them a job, right? Look at trades, they pay apprenticeships. Like there's all these different options out there. Now, if you want to become a doctor, lawyer, plumber, 
sorry, doctor, veterinarian or something like that, or you, of course you got to go to university, but it's not a one size fits all. So I think that parents need to readjust what they teach their kids. If they want to take this panic, we're talking about panic, about how my kids are going to be able to buy their first home. Well, first of all, get them investing at a younger age. That's the first thing that you can do. Second is that, you know, don't force them just to go to a college university because that's what you did, because that may not be the right choice for them, right? Because there's options that exist now that didn't exist when I was in school. Like, you know, there's a whole, and parents in most cases aren't up to date with what's out there, right? So imagine you have your kids investing, saving money, where by the time they're 25 years old, they actually have money in the bank. Then on top of that is they don't have $50,000 worth of student loan debt. This is a really good place to start, right? Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah, I can see being really helpful even for something like get them to buy an asset allocation ETF, right? And then it's very simple. It's just one investment product, right? So they don't have to research hundreds of stocks or you know thousands of stocks, thousands of ETFs, just, okay, you, you get one of those and then they get to learn the mechanics of it, how it works. They get to see the dividends show up in their account every three months, right? And so they kind of get an understanding of, oh, okay, there's the capital gains, there's the dividend payouts that I get quarterly, things of that nature. And then, yeah, they're already at that point ahead of probably 99.9% of their classmates, right? Because they've already sort of learned these fundamentals that they can now apply pretty much for the rest of their lives. So now that's an excellent point, Kevin. Well, Cornell, Warren Buffett said, I bought my first stock at age 11. I was wasting my life up until then, mm. <laughs> right? And you take a look at it and go, which is, is smart, right? Because if you look at it and go, it'll take a few years for your kids to get it, right? But it's interesting. My daughter is 17, right? They're not making tens of thousands. You're a couple, they're making, you know, on a good year, maybe 500 to 1,000, whatever. It's not a lot, right? But you look at it and say that, you know, again, my daughter saves 50% of her paycheck. That's what it goes. She invests. It actually went up to 80% during COVID because there's nothing that they could do. And my daughter worked full, uh, not full-time, part-time at a place that didn't shut down. And so I said, you can't go anywhere. It's up to 80%. And look what the stock market did over the last two years. It really did phenomenally well. And I look at it and she's starting to get it now because they'll fight you at first. Like, no, it's my money. I'm like, well, it's still your money. I said, it's just going to work for you. And then when they look at their accounts, they go, to my daughter, I said, how many hours did you work last year? And I said, this is how much you made. I go, just so you know, this is what you made in the stock market. And I said, so believe it or not, you actually, you know, some days you got paid twice. You went to work and this. And I said, you're making money while you're... And they start to get it and it becomes... Mm-hmm. And so that's a good foundation to teach your kids. The reason why most parents don't do it because it's a pain in the butt to set the account up. It takes an hour, hour and a half to do and you got to learn things you don't know and you got to make a couple phone calls. But once you do it, it's done. And then just start getting them to do that and then your kids have a head start when it comes to savings, like a way head start. And as I said, you know, if they do it, and as I said, if they look at their post-secondary properly as well, and again, this is not saying you shouldn't or shouldn't go to college or university. I'm just saying there are a lot of options that exist now that don't necessarily get you into tens of thousands of dollars for the student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for those. That was that was wonderful. Hey there, just a really quick intermission to ask if you could please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying this episode and are using one of those as your podcast player. It really helps other Canadians discover the show and it makes it much easier for me to get top-notch guests on the show for you. So if you're a Spotify user, you just have to select the show in Spotify and scroll all the way to the top and there you'll see a button where you can give the show a star rating. It literally takes seconds and it helps an absolute ton. So thank you so much for supporting the show in that way. And now back to the show. Can we talk about some defensive financial strategies that Canadians can apply to get through these times as well? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones, Cornell, is budgeting, right? Like, and I know that seems so basic and so obvious, but it's amazing how many Canadians still really don't have a budget or they're kind of budgeting, but they're really not. And I'll be honest with you, Cornell, budgeting is not my forte. Like having an Excel sheet open and like, you know, tracking every dollar, that's not fun for me. So I think you have to really understand, like, you know, are you going to budget realistically? And if the answer is no, then get some help with it right? Like don't expect yourself to do it. Get a coach, get a financial coach to help you budget. That's what I did. And it helps a lot. But if you look at it, like the power of budgeting is so underrated because budgeting just seems like such a boring word. It's just so dull. But our average coaching client, Cornell, like it's shocking. Like they're saving $1,200 a month, $1,200 just from budgeting. Just by having a financial coach look at their expenses, help them relocate, help them lower some bills that they're paying, that'll help you fight inflation, your rising mortgage rates more than anything else, and put money into your bank account. So like we talked about focus on what you can control, that right there is huge. Like an extra $1,200 for the average family in Canada is life-changing, right? So that's a huge one, I would say. And then Lowering your monthly bills is an easy, easy thing a lot everyone on this call can do. You could call your insurance company, your cell phone provider, if your home phone, TV, anything you're paying a monthly or annual fee, and you can negotiate that bill. I just did it for my annual fee on my credit card. I saw, oh, I got a $120 annual fee, called them, said, hey, listen, you know, can you waive this? And they did. Hmm. And so that right there, you know, we have... Canadians that are saving three, $400 a month just by learning how to negotiate and learning how to lower their monthly bills. And one really great tool that we made, uh, and Cornell, we did this on our last podcast episode several months ago. Uh, we put together a wicked tool that is, it's called the Ultimate Negotiation Script. And what it is, it's a word-for-word script on how to call service providers and negotiate your monthly bills. Like exactly, here's exactly what to say. And then it also shares negotiation strategies. So a lot of you can download that. I think there's a link below or in the show notes that you have access to that, but use that, put an hour or two aside this weekend, call your service providers and you're going to be saving a couple hundred dollars a month. Like Mm -hmm. absolutely. Some of you might not be, but even extra $50 a month, like why not? For sure. Well, and the big thing too is that this is not like a one-time save $50, right? A lot of these are recurring things, whether it's cell phone bill, credit card, things of that nature. So it when you be talk about compounding, I mean, that's what you can take that money that you're now saving and let's say invest it and they'll let that compound for you, right? So it's one of those things that you do once and then now you've basically got this extra cash flow coming in on a recurring basis indefinitely in some cases. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll have the link in the show notes as well, but for everybody listening, if you don't want to go there, it's just at buildwealthcanada.ca slash script. So buildwealthcanada.ca slash script. And it's basically like a PDF document that you'll be able to read through and different strategies to try out. And you guys put a ton of work into this. I remember uh, reading it uh, earlier. And yeah, so for sure, thanks for offering that to all the listeners. Awesome. So can we talk about maybe some financial strategies that can help Canadians too, like when it comes to things like investments, for example? Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, like we talked about earlier, there's potentially a lot of great opportunities, especially if you're a younger Canadian right now. Like if you're under the age of 35 or 30 and you're nervous or scared about a recession, a recession is actually one of the fastest ways a young individual can accelerate their wealth, right? Because everything goes on sale 
and your money buys more. You could buy real estate. It's a little cheaper stocks. And if you're younger, like if you're under 30, 35, you probably don't have a ton of assets right now that are going to take a big hit if the markets go down. So there are so many opportunities, like they are everywhere. But if you aren't educated, like if you don't learn about these opportunities, they're not there, right? So you got to learn. And it's like having like a new pair of glasses and you're like, oh, wow, like I could see all these things. I didn't know you could do this. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, you can, you know, buy a cottage and put it on Airbnb. You can, you know, buy a triplex. You could, you know, opportunities are endless. And during times of like a downturn or slower economic, you know, environment, those opportunities become more and more readily available. So just keep your eye out and have that kind of opportunity mindset. I think that's a big one. Awesome. Kevin, did you have anything to add, whether it was things on the financial sort of investment side or just general financial advice altogether? I kind of, to echo just the last question, just about any, you know, defensive moves. Number one, I'm a big fan is keep it small, take it all, right? So I'm about pitching hundreds. If you have a car that's working fine and it needs new tires for a thousand bucks, don't go out and buy a new car for 50,000, 60,000 bucks. I think times like now more than ever, like I look at a car I drive, I drive a 2010 Ford F-150, 230,000 kilometers. You know, it, the air conditioning has gone on it. My people laugh about it, right? And again, but you know, to me, it'd be 700 bucks a month to pay this thing off. Well, it's funny. My wife was at the marina and the muffler fell off and I could hear her drive from the marina to her <laughs> car. And she's like, this is enough. You know, we can buy a new car. I said to my wife, I said, Jan, I said, it's an $800 repair for this muffler or it's a $75,000 new truck. I said, why would I do that? And so keep that car as long as you can. Sometimes we just lose Well, We just find a new car as, you know, warranty and blah, blah, blah. But again, if you look at it and go $2,000 repairs for a used car every year versus, you know, $700 a month payment, just do the math on that, right? Mm-hmm. And so keep that car as long as you can, as long as it's safe to be on the road. So I think, and don't overhouse, don't overcarve, be smart with that. So I think those are really good defensive moves. Like Warren Buffett lives in the same house that he bought in 1957 for 36,000 bucks. So we know that this, that these are good defensive moves. And then just from an investment standpoint, you know, yeah, always keep your eye out. There's always good deals that do exist. You got to be, you know, if you're kind of loosey goosey looking for investment properties, like, oh, I'll go on MLS once every three months and hopefully like, you got to be in there every day talking to real estate agents in that area, looking at buying a property, saying, hey, something pops up, let me know, be the first to call. You know, there's an effort that has to be done here, not just kind of hope that it lands on your lap, right? And then just backing even on the housing market and the panic, I forgot to mention this, is that you're just talking about, you know, the right mindset. If you watch the news, you're going to think the world's collapsing here in Canada, and the housing markets are going to collapse and so forth. But you got to, again, what the news really tells you is that half Canadian don't even have a mortgage, right? So you look at that and go, well, that's a very interesting stat, right? When Afghanis don't have a mortgage, we're not really set up. I think we still kind of have a little bit of a hangover from 2008 financial crisis where we think there's going to be this massive like foreclosure. I just can't, it's not set up that way. And even when it comes to these interest rates, remember with the mortgage stress test, most Canadians have qualified for this, where the rates are right now. Like we've actually been qualified because they had fail safe put into place, prepare us for something like this. So again, those are the my last kind of closing comments on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember when they added that rule where you had to do that stress test, right? And some people were pretty upset about that because, oh, come on, the interest rate's not going to go up that much. That's ridiculous. And then now <laughs> things have actually gone up quite a bit, but at least they are still financially sound as long as they kept their expenses in check and all that, right? Because, you got of, it. yeah, hundred awesome. percent. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, so thanks so much for sharing your insights, guys. Can you just to finish things off, can you tell us a bit more about Enriched Academy, the coaching that you offer? We already talked on this a bit, but just to kind of give us a bit of a recap, just to help Canadians you know, deal with inflation, other financial issues, optimizing their investments, and then that free assessment call as well that you offer to Build Wealth Canada listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So what we did, Cornell, like, you know, what we realized, we started doing these events eight, nine years ago, Kevin and I would go do these events to Canadians and teach them about money. And then the Canadians would keep attending these events. We're like, why do you keep attending these events? And they're like, oh, you know what? I like to come. And we asked them, like, is your financial situation getting better? And a lot of the times they're like, no. They're like, you know, I did a few things here and there. Some Canadians were really good at taking the education and taking action on it. But what we realize is Canadians need a lot of handhold. You know, they need someone that's going to be by their side and helping them uh, take action on what they learn. So we kind of sat around and we're like, okay, what is the best way to help Canadians be financially free? And what we realized was there's nothing better than coaching. Having an expert come into your life, look at what you're doing and give you step-by-step guidance on exactly what to do is by far the best way if anyone wants to dramatically improve their financial life. That is the best way to do it. And, you know, we've coached thousands upon thousands of Canadians and our success rate is so high really because you have an expert coming in and doing exactly, telling you exactly what you need to do. You know, the whole process really simple. So they do all the heavy lifting for you, whether it's helping you with your budget or tracking your net worth or reviewing your investments, creating your retirement plan, all these things you know, they're not easy to do on your own. But when you have an expert or a coach that could come in and do that for you, it just makes life a whole lot easier. And what's great about our coaching program is like people see results really quickly, like within a few months, you're going to start to see your financial situation dramatically change. You know, just a couple stats, like the average coaching client, because we track everything in six months, the net worth increases $66,000. Like almost 70 grand in six months. They're saving $1,200 a month. Their advisor fees are down 1.5%. Their RSP and TFSAs are up $10,000. So the financial impact of the coaching is just unbelievable. And, you know, what we've done, because it's not for everyone, we're not saying like this can help all of you. So we've organized this free call for everyone where you could get on a call with a financial freedom consultant. They'll better understand your situation and they'll be the first to tell you if the coaching isn't a good fit for you. Like, oh, you know what? You're doing everything right. No need to have a coach. But if you do need a coach, they'll let you know, like, here's how a coach can help you. Here's the impact that it could have. Here are the results that you could see. And what's really cool, Cornell, about our coaching program, we have a 100% money back guarantee. So if we can't transform your financial life and help you be financially free, we'll give you a full refund on the coaching, right? So the response from it has been incredible. We don't just focus on investing. We focus on every area of your finances from estate planning to wills, to insurance, to real estate investing, stocks, private lending. It's the most holistic approach in Canada by far. So Kev, did you want to add anything to that? No, results speak for themselves. And I do agree. You know, you look at how many hours we work every week, 40 hours a week, thousands of hours every year. You know, we make hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions in our career. If you add it up over three or four decades, just the investment that you make in our coaching program is a drop in the bucket. And it's amazing to see what one piece of advice can do. I'm telling you right now, personally, I wish I would have gone through our coaching program when I was in my mid twenties, right? You know, it's me as well. People think the coaching is just for people that are 
not financially well off. Even people with money don't know what their money is doing, what are their MERs, what kind of investments are in. We're going to explain that to you. And they said, I wish I went through the coaching program. I'm not joking. If I went through our coaching program in my mid-20s, even mid-30s, to be honest, I'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars in a better position than I am now. Yeah. And, you know, we also have clients that are like 40, 50, 60 years old in the program. And we have specific coaches that just focus on retirement planning. And, we know, we've had a lot of your clients, Cornell, they come in and they're doing a lot of things, right? Like I would say 95% of their finances are great. But one idea, they just find this one little thing and that one small adjustment completely transforms their financial life. So, the great thing about our program is whether you're in debt, whether you're saving, whether you're living paycheck to paycheck, there's going to be advice for you. Or whether you're young or whether you're old, we have all these different coaches and we're going to match you with a coach that's going to really be able to help you be financially free. We call it financial freedom coaching. That's our goal. How do we set yourself and family up to be financially free? And that's what we've done for thousands and thousands of Canadians. Awesome. Yeah, I think one of the reasons you guys have such good results and why I saw you know the results so quickly as well is because it is customized to you specifically, right? So if you read 20 personal finance books, let's say, and listen to 20 more podcasts, I mean, one that takes quite a bit of time, but then you also have to sort of pick and choose like, okay, this is relevant to me. This is not, this applies to me, this is not, right? So it is, you kind of have to go through that exercise, right? Which is pretty time consuming. And some of the things you maybe think are important, maybe actually aren't that important. Like they're not going to move the needle that much just in your particular situation. Whereas I remember like when I had my coaching thing with Alana, my financial coach with you guys, she basically looked at all my finances and all the different elements. And I remember we talked about MERs, right? Like the fees you're paying on your investments. And so I have those optimized to the extreme, right? Because the whole big money nerd thing. And so she told me right off the get-go, like, okay, look, we're not going to be able to do anything about these because you're already paying as little as you pretty much possibly could in this area. So we're not going to focus on MER because like for a lot of people, that is a very good use of their time, but not in your case, because you've already dedicated a ton of time to that. So we're going to focus on these other areas that are actually going to make an impact. So I think the fact that it is so customized really is like a shortcut. And also the fact that you have a second set of eyes looking at it, because I find too, like when you're that close to it, because it's your own money and your own life, it's so valuable to get a second perspective, right? Someone that's kind of coming at it from a fresh new angle, but has that experience to actually give you good advice. So I was a big fan. Like I said, I tested you guys as much as I could because I get a lot of questions listeners of the show like, hey, do you know anyone? Can you tell me someone that can help me in this area? And I don't have the capacity to take it all on myself. So I was looking for someone that I can say, okay, if I refer them to you guys, to someone, you know, that they're going to be well taken care of. And you guys were literally the, you know, the best I could possibly find. So I was, you know, super happy about that. So yeah, so thanks for offering the free call to the Build With Canada listeners. And again, for anybody that wants to do the free assessment call, the page to do that is buildwealthcanada.ca slash academy. If you just go there, you can sign up, get the free assessment call, and then that's it. So guys, thank you so much for coming on. Did you have anything else to add or anything no, else? You know what, Cornell, just really quickly, yeah. I just wanted to say we have a ton of respect for what you do. You run the best podcast for finance in Canada. Congrats yeah. on that. You put out great content and we're very happy to just have this relationship with your group. And I think we're definitely mutually helping each other's kind of core group. So congrats on everything you've done as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kevin. Yeah, it's I love what you guys are doing too. I mean, just getting financial literacy 
in schools, getting it for to all the adults that wish they had it in schools, like myself, <laughs> that wish they were taught this, right? And uh, yeah, yeah it, it's a wonderful thing that you guys are providing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to uh, to have you guys on here and, and share these best practices. And then we'll also see you at the summit in October as well. So for everybody listening, Kevin's going to be there, Arian's going to be there, other people from his team are going to be there presenting different topics. So if you want to get free tickets for that, you can go to Build Wealth Canada ca slash summit and you can get there sign up for free get the tickets and you can see them speak and you can see lots of other speakers that we have as well we have well over 30 speakers different presentations happening this year so enjoy that and again the free assessment coaching call is also at buildwealthcanada.ca slash academy so guys thanks so much for coming on thanks, and everybody. see you at the summit see you soon. thanks cornell all see right you take care, guys. guys bye, bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed the episode. A big thanks to Kevin and Arian for letting Build Wealth Canada listeners have that free assessment call with their coaches to see if there are any ways that your finances can be optimized. I've been a huge supporter of Enriched Academy over the years. They provide top-notch education. I've gone through their coaching myself as well, and they don't sell any financial products. So I love how my Enriched Coach isn't trying to sell me anything. It's all focused specifically on optimizing my finances. And I'm sure there'll be a huge benefit for you as well. And in case you missed it, that page to get a free assessment call with one other coaches is at Build Wealth Canada dot ca slash enriched that's buildwealthcanada.ca slash enriched and of course don't forget to get your free tickets to this year's summit which i'll be hosting it's only nine days away from the launch date of this episode it's october 12th to 15th 2022 and you can get your free tickets so that you can stream the educational presentations for free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash summit that's buildwealthcanada.ca slash summit And a big thanks to Indeed for sponsoring this episode. No one has a business like yours with all its strengths and challenges. This Small Business Month, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. With Indeed, you don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it with just Indeed. You can also find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. And if you hate waiting, according to Indeed data, candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three and a half times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search. One thing that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place easy because it does the hard work for you. Sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post. With Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. And according to Talentless 2019, Indeed delivers eight times more hires in Canada than all other job sites combined. So start hiring now with a $100 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at indeed.com slash build wealth. Offer is good for a limited time. Again, you can claim your $100 credit now at indeed.com slash build wealth. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca. 